This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. Well, what up, High Fivers? It's your boy, High Five Tom, and I've got my very good friend here, uh, Mr. Will. Uh, Will, how are you this evening, my friend? I am here. That's good. Live from the snowy streets of Derry, New Hampshire. You guys got snow? Nah, it like I've seen flakes, but not like we can't really say it snowed. Yeah, it's uh, we're and there's. But it's snow. getting there. I, 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 I will, I will confess, bit chilly out today. <laughs> yeah, like I said, actually, it's funny. After today, we don't dip below freezing until Monday morning. Yeah, even then. Actually, at yeah, Tuesday morning. So, yeah, uh, nice and unseasonably warm uh, weather here also in the Wisconsin. So, I mean, you guys usually get our weather shortly thereafter. So, and uh, yeah, I mean, it, says, it says today was like a high of 41, which maybe it was like earlier in the day. But like once you got around to like the afternoon, it was starting to get chilly. And I've asked you at night, at night, it gets like cold it's like goddamn yeah obviously you guys aren't that far from uh the ocean but you guys obviously get that humidity too right yeah first so for for those following the local weather friday it's gonna be 52 and then we're gonna have precipitation through the weekend but it's gonna be warm 47 56 43 so it's probably just going to fucking rain. I yeah. think the people around here drive worse in the rain than they do in the snow. And a lot of people around here, despite driving through the snow every year, you'd think it's the first time. Um, but I digress. Digression. And will we... Tom, what's... What's 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 new with my favorite resident of Milwaukee, Wisconsin? Um, what's well, flattering considering there's almost six hundred thousand other people that reside in the city. Um, not much. Uh, besides, I do want to shout out um fellow Visionary Global Media members, uh, the Good Cop Bad Cop Wrestling Cup, our podcast. I was a recent guest. 
Um, so if you are listening, you were, I, and I never, I, I never submitted anything. <laughs> you didn't, Will. You we did. Know who, we know who did? Sj. Sj did. Sj and yeah, and Freeds did too. So and Freeds. Um, well, it, it cracked me up how how serendipitous it was that we. I listened to the episode that you and Freeds did about the Punisher, and we talked about it. And then that other YouTube channel that I follow did a video about the Punisher. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, is that what you posted in the Discord for us? Yes. It was about the production and release of The Punisher. I have to rewatch that. I have to, I have to watch that. So, well, I have to, it's, I have to watch. Uh, it's interesting because the, one of the things it talks about is, um, and I'm not like super well versed in a ton of the like, Punisher storylines, but they touch on some of the stories that they apparently were reportedly. Um, wanted to portray like here's what we kind of want to adapt and the studios were like eh. but toward at the end of the video they do bring up the dirty laundry or whatever it was called the short that you guys brought up i need to watch that still like the, the short that he did like yeah was it during covid or like just before covid something like that yeah eric mentioned it so because they were trying to use that to get like the like the kind of like the groundswell and get people like, oh, this would be so good and get people talking about it and hope it could be like a like an appeal. But it was a tumultuous production. I mean, you guys know you talked about it. You know, different versions of the film, issues which with with particular cast and uh, the cost of such a cast. Yeah, namely John Travolta. So yeah, Eric and I are definitely have to do a part two. Uh, now that I've got a remote for my uh, my Blu-ray player. Um, but speaking of Blu-ray players, well, we probably should talk about some pre-production. But you know, we're open books. Um, I, I rewatched The Mist, Will, and I watched it in a black and white version. And uh, wow, it does add. Did, did it make you? Did it make you feel any different? What was that? Make you feel any different about it? Watching it in the the intended black and white. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm really digging this movie to be honest with you. There are definitely some uh, some big plot holes um, for sure, but Marsha uh, Gay Harden, man, Mrs. Carmody, she's fucking evil. She did a great job. Definitely kind of steals the show. And Ollie. I loved Ollie, too. So I really enjoyed it on, on the second watch. So, um, yeah. So, if the, well, uh, we will, Will and I will be doing a recording here. We keep forgetting to set a date, but sometime shortly, probably after the new year um, on the mist. But yeah, lots of good shit out there. So, I suppose that means I'll have to go to the second one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we all know I don't take notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. So, and uh, I really kind of dig in Frank Darabont as as a, a director. So, um, I mean, he did he did direct the greatest Stephen King adaptation of all time. I don't think that will ever be topped. But the greatest Stephen King adaptation ever, ever. Top five favorite movies of all time. But. Uh... What are we? What are we putting that stamp on? 
What was that? What, uh, which, uh, which form did you have? Uh-oh. Well, you're breaking up on me, buddy. Oh no! Which uh, what Stephen King did he adapt? Uh he did Shawshank Redemption. One of the greatest movies of all time, Will. That's fact, Jack. Yeah, I love that movie. So I've got some things. I I'm definitely going to review that or do something with that sometime in the near future. Well, not in the near. I shouldn't say near future. I've been saying that for five years. So. Um, but yeah, no, uh, back to that. Um, yeah, it was good to be on good. You know, it's been 102 weeks, you know, since I've been on Good Cop, Bad Cop. So, um, you know, obviously Graham's a former guest and hopefully Ryan and Matt will be future guests here on this show one time. Uh, you know, Graham's a big influence on me, but they're, they're visionaries, both media brethren. Um, it was a great time. So, yeah. And I even went on a rant and uh, shouted out my good friend here, Will, on uh, Not My Ring of Honor. Is Tony Khan's Ring of Honor? Uh, I feel like at this at this point we could almost say it's not my AEW either. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you know not what I was hoping it was going to be. Um, did you hear about what Bischoff said about all about Ring of Honor and what Tony Khan's doing with it and whatnot? He's not no, wrong. I don't. I don't care enough. Uh, well, they, I mean, once you finish, yeah, they did talk about it on the Wizard, so you will once you get through the episode. Um, yeah, it's just this point. He's just saying it's time to cut your cut your losses and just dump it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was hoping maybe he just bought it to do something with the library, but obviously, you know, I haven't checked recently. Hopefully, he's adding stuff back on there. But Tom, all we got to know is is Samoa Joe relinquished that TV title, right? And they had this pay per view that's on. Friday, right? The 15th? Well, is that Friday? They got, uh... It's Friday. Oh, I'm still not going to watch it. I thought it was the 15th, which would be Friday. So, as this comes out, it was on yesterday. We've got Shane Taylor versus Keith Lee for nothing. Just because... Tell me that... Tell me that couldn't be a TV title match. What what did we what where did we go wrong? I don't know, Will. I don't know. Yeah, it's uh and you're still not gonna you're not gonna watch it. I mean you can I mean obviously you can do whatever the hell you want, I'm not gonna give you shit for watching, but are you gonna watch? In all honesty, probably not. I will probably, I will definitely probably keep tabs on what is happening, because that's what I usually do for pay per views. I don't watch them, but I will kind of like hop on the social media and I'll kind of like peek and peruse and see what what piques my interest. But there's nothing on the card that makes me say, "Oh, I got to see that." Which again is a bummer because Keith Lee, Shane Taylor should be appointment viewing. And that should be a guaranteed butts and seats kind of thing, but it's Tony Khan's Ring of Honor, so it probably won't be. Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Um, 
Yeah, I have no idea what's on the card. Well, I mean, I, I would assume the Ring of Honor title's on the line, but I couldn't tell you who's who's uh, who's getting the match, so... He has been champ for a year, huh? Oh, if you take, take down her form. What was that? What? What was that? What did you say? Oh, yeah. I was what gonna, did you say? Uh, I was going to say uh, Athena or uh, Billy Starks and Athena. I think Athena's had the title for a year. Should be the main event. It should be the main event. Will it be the main event? Probably not, but it should be. At Jay Briscoe Memorial Fight Without Honor, FDR and Mark Briscoe versus the. Oh wow! Okay, actually, um, I mean, there's no build-up to this, but yeah, so it's Mark. Yeah, it's uh, Mark and FDR. Well, I mean, there there could be some build-up. There could be some build-up, but nobody's watching, so who knows? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's Mark and uh, FTR versus uh, the Blackpool Combat Club, Danielson, Moxley, and uh, Claudio. That's interesting, actually. And they're doing a survival of the fittest finals for uh, the TV title. Of course, there's no tag team title match, because, I mean, why would there be? Oh, my God, this is the full card? Well, they might... There's five fucking matches. Oh my god. And no Ring of Honor world title. No, because Eddie Kingston's defending it every week on the Continental Classic. Cool part. Billy Starks is getting some rub, though. Do you think they put the do do you think they uh they put the strap on it? No. Obviously this event by the time this episode comes out, this has already happened, so you know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know this was on Friday. But the real final battle that we will be going over, and Will, I told you who our guest is for next week, right? It's a, it's a big money get. It is a big money get. Mr. Ant Money from the Mark Order will be joining us next week for a review of, uh, well, uh, Ring of Honor TV, which I don't know if you saw, Will, is a Adam Cole retrospective. So. It's going to be a 42-minute long interview with Steve Carino just praising Adam Cole. And then, uh, yeah, final battle. So, uh, But before we get into quote-unquote TV for this week, Will, we got to we got a whole bunch of questions of his dishonor, don't we? Before, before I just so I don't derail this later, I want to take a moment because I talk about him a lot. But happy five years to the Comic Book Couples Counseling Podcast. Oh, nice! They celebrated quote unquote their their five years by revisiting the first couple that they ever covered. On the podcast, 
and kind of reevaluating like what where their their head was at then and how they feel about these characters now. Interesting. So it's a fun listen. It's fun, you know, they're they're a married couple. They you can tell they like each other. You can tell they both like what they're talking about. I did I did I potentially stir up some some feelings on Twitter because I joined their Patreon. And you you do get much like the Wizards Patreon, which people should join, you do get a good amount of content for just you only have to chip in a dollar. You get a lot. Nice. Um the big push for the Patreon, the running joke was is that they needed a new couch. So I asked what the the status update was on the on the couch situation. Hmm. And the gift that was shared was to say, own it gave me the impression of, oh no, we, we maybe shouldn't have brought up the couch. <laughs> That's funny. So shouts out to them. Five years, huh? Five years. There's tons of episodes. You sub to that Patreon. There's even more episodes. They cover movies. They cover comic books, obviously. If you want to, if you like Daniel Warren Johnson, they've they've got a couple mainline episodes with him, and they've got some Patreon episodes with Daniel Warren Johnson as well. So it was really cool for their five years that they had a bunch of people who had been on the show. Like send in like voice messages. That's cool. And they like ran them through the episode because they they got like you know they didn't get a message from like Todd McFarlane. I mean they've had him on the show like three or four times, but yeah, they they, they had some 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 weighty names send in congratulatory messages. And some of them say, like, you know, we started out as a guest, and now we listen every week. That's cool. I mean, it's kind of happened with me. I don't watch every or listen every week, but I, I have been going back and listening to all Kyle from Apron Bump after our appearance on all, all this Ring of Honor and Progress episodes. So I started from the beginning, so I'm about halfway to caught up, so... I should do something like that, but we all know I'm not good about going back and watching old wrestling. Although one of our questions of dishonor, we might uh, we we might have the <laughs> you know the, the exception to the rule. But Tom, what question do we want to start with? Um, well, I mean, we'll get this one out of the way. This is going to be interesting, um, especially with uh, oh, they redid it too. That's right. With my girl Jordana Brewster. So it sounds like we're starting out with our friend Rob at UTT Rob. Uh, his question this week is about recasting Dallas. And Rob, I didn't see your question earlier, and I've never seen Dallas in <laughs> any form. I've never been to the city, never watched any version of the show. So I'm uh, I'm at a loss here, Tom, but maybe I could get an idea of what Dallas looked like with your, your recasting. Um, this is going to be interesting. Wow, this is going on for 14 years. Uh, Damn. Yeah, and then they, re- they restarted it back up in 2012. Um, 
I mean, uh, Larry Hagman as Ewing was the was the big one. I I don't know. This get this can be a tough one. Um, Dallas reads from Wikipedia here a little synopsis of Dallas was an American primetime television soap opera that aired on CBS from April second, nineteen seventy eight. To May 3rd, 1991. Um, I thought the show was older than that. Uh, the series revolved around an affluent and feuding Texas family, the Ewings, who owned the independent oil company, Ewing Oil, and the cattle ranching land of South Fork. The series originally focused on the marriage of Bobby Ewing and Pamela Barnes, whose families were sworn enemies. As the series progressed, Bobby's elder brother, oil tycoon J.R. Ewing, became the show's breakout characters whose scheme and dirty business became the show's trademark. When the show ended on May 3rd, 1991, J.R. was the only character to, a, character to have appeared in every episode. The show was prominent for its cliffhangers, including Who Shot J.R.? The second highest... Yeah, the second highest rated primetime telecast ever. To find out who shot J.R.? I remember that as a kid, so... Um, I don't even know who's on first. Yeah. Um. Wow, one of the guys died. Interesting. Three hundred and fifty-seven fucking episodes. That's almost enough to watch one episode a day for a whole year. It's on Amazon Prime, I think. You could do the the Dallas Daily Pod. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna try this here. Um, from my from my very limited knowledge, and um, I remember Patrick Duffy, and not just from uh, his appearances on South Park. Um, and I know Jr. Played by. You got me on this one, on Rob. I don't know. Those are really the only two characters I know. Cute. I can see where you want to marry her. Victoria Principal. The Digger's Daughter. 357 episodes out, Will. That's a lot. We're almost there. Yeah, I mean, a couple more years. Um, all right, so the digger's daughter, the, the lady who caused all this drama here, Pamela Barnes, um... It's got to be Scarlet Bardo. I mean, she's got the looks to, you know, to kind of break that whole tradition. Um, Patrick Duffy, the the younger son, kind of one of, one of the big breakout stars. Um, I think he even showed up in the in the reboot too. Bobby Ewing. Definitely Matt Taven. 
we'll do Matt Taven as Bobby Ewing, the Patrick Duffy character. And then for JR, older, crotchety, conniving. I mean, it's got to be Steve Carino. Can't believe you called King Carino conniving. I, I know, so so weird. Law and Order won 488 episodes? That's supposed to come back. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I got, Will. Sorry, Rob. Not too familiar with Dallas. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have to watch an episode and... Uh... And I'll, I'll tweet. I'll tweet out my my response here. If there's if there's that many of them, I've got to be able to find an episode that has most of the main cast in it. Yeah, maybe the the Who Done It episode, the most watched ever. And I said I think it's on. Let me Google it here. Where can you? Yeah, it's on free. It's on. It's free for Amazon Prime Video. So, well, what a coincidence! I have Prime. Let me. Uh... I guess I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Maybe even tonight. Maybe after I'm done recording, I will watch an episode or two of Dennis. All right. Make sure that's saved there. How do I save shit on Prime? See here, zoom, start over. You should be able to like watch list it. You give it a little heart. Yep, there we go. All right, Dallas. Yeah, I was gonna start watching the dead, the dead zone. Speaking of Stephen King, Dallas Buyers Club. What episode was uh? But uh, make sure you're following Rob, you know, over at UTT Rob, as uh, him and Dan Griffin are, are building up here uh, to the Big Daddy Giant Haystacks. To the only show at Wembley that matters. Yeah. Suck it, Tony Khan. Third season. All right, where's the third? Dallas, the complete third season. So, Jock's Trial. I swear to God, Rob, if you got me watching fucking goddamn Dallas. But JR shot in a house divided, episode 25, season three. All right, so I'll queue it up. So, what was that, Will? So, let's do it. All right. Let's, let's watch some Dallas. All right. This dish is really going to happen, so. All right. So, but thanks again, Rob. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, I'm just kind of going in order here. Want to do Freed's next? We'll do Freed's next. So, I posted a picture of my cats 
on our Twitter page. So if you don't already follow Ring of Honor Revelry on Twitter, you're missing out on Bombastic Side Eye for Mabel. And Mabel is the focus of Freed's question. He wanted to know we have to build a faction around Mabel. Oh, I am so, so facts Some facts about Mabel. She looks like an in real life beanie baby. She's missing claws. She is, well, yeah. She has uh, toes that didn't develop on her front paws. So she only has two on one paw and three on the other. And her retractable claws are out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and she's got a goddamn attitude. She looks like the sweetest thing ever. And she yowls like a sailor. <laughs> so, Tom, we got to build a faction for my very cute, very ornery cat. Now, I uh, I only went through the notifications. I didn't actually see the tweet. So when he said Mabel, I thought he meant Mabel as in the wrestler. So I was I was gonna build a stable around Mabel and uh Grizzly Red Redwood as the ultimate odd couple. Um but that's uh we you know we still could use a Grizzly Redwood. We haven't seen him in a while. Give him something to do. It's probably about the same size as my cat. Yeah. Um so shout out to Freeds. Yeah, I, I totally uh I, I I totally missed that. That's hilarious and embarrassing at the same time. Um all right, Mabel's uh she's definitely the head, right? Oh yeah. No no doubt. Or she an enforcer. Oh no. She's the she's the star. Okay. Um, yeah, it doesn't say we've got to keep it with 2013. So you know what, Mabel Mabel's gonna want some heavies. So I'm gonna say Mabel's faction is the Pretty Boy Killers and War Machine. Wow! <laughs> Holy shit! Um, when you're throwing that kind of side eye, you've got the muscle. It might not necessarily be your muscle, but you got the muscle. Wow. Um, you are going straight for the fucking juggler, hey, Will? All power. All heavy. Um, all right. Prime for it to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the bloodline. Else is a Mabel stable. I'm going to keep it with 2013. That the Mabel stable. <laughs> the Mabel stable. Oh my God, Will! I think we've got another five thousand dollar idea here. Freeze! I'll send you a five thousand dollar check with your stickers. Hopefully, the next week or so. Um, well, at least the stickers. Um, the Mabel. Send him five thousand. Dollars of monopoly money. Yeah. See if it, see if it gets through customs. Yeah. Um, I mean, monopoly's got to be a game in other countries, right? 
Yeah, yeah. but it's probably a little different when, like, you're in Canada and the loonies kind of already look like Monopoly money. Yeah, so our Canadian and uh, Scottish and Great Britain and Australian listeners, let, let us know if uh, Monopoly's a thing in outside of the United States. Well, you know, since you brought it up, this is going to be the focus of Rob's question next week. Yeah, totally. So I'm preparing now for... So start, start thinking about which piece each member of Ring of Honor would be. Um, uh, all right, the, the Mabel Stable. All right, so we got two heavy hitters. Um, we need a face. Well, I'm going to go with Derry, New Hampshire's very own. Um, Matt Taven, a good-looking guy. Matt Taven. So we Local got, legend. We got the Pretty Boy Killers and uh, War Machine. Uh, I mean, that may pertain more to 2014 Ring of Honor. Um, I guess we'll see. Matt Taylor, I'm going to pick one more. We got two killers. Well, four killers, really. And I don't know why, but we just haven't talked about him in a while. And I think it would have worked perfect in the Mabel stable, but I'm going to go Mike Mondo. So we got Taven and Mondo. I'm going to go for Eminem. Versus, uh, along with uh, War Machine and the Pretty Boy Killers and the Mabel Stable. You know, Mabel might also be a good contender for House of Torture, too. You know, but that's that's for later. That is not a correct answer. You don't think their hijinks would be emboldened? being led by a fat, plushy cat. They could feud with L.I.J. There could be a beef with, with, uh, oh, shit, with, uh, with, uh, Naito's cats, Daryl. <laughs> Daryl and Nauru. Naito's <laughs> They could have her squawk. What's, well, he's got, like, the, uh, or no, not Naito, um. Romo, right? Tongue Yeah. Yeah. Daryl and Nauru. I mean, yeah. I mean, actually, I could totally see the Mabel Stable leading the House of Torture and making them less shitty, which is going to be tough to do. But you, you, you go to the table in the back of the press conferences. She just like meow at the thing. There's like a whole sentence underneath for translation. <laughs> Oh, well, we need Mabel Stable t-shirts. You know, if we ever get shirts done, you know, we could open up that red bubble store or whatever and just put up whatever. I mean, we could do the side-eye face, just, like, have somebody, like, shop it around it, be like Mabel Stable. Up there with the $5,000 t-shirt. Yeah. Actually, we do need a $5,000 t-shirt, so we'll have to hit up our boy in Darkest Days next to get some Mabel Stable logo. That's awesome. I love that. So, um, all right, Will, Will, you got any more? No, I, I mean, that's, that's an un, unstoppable stable. Yeah, that's fucking heavy. So, um, I, I really enjoyed that. So, thank you, Eric, for, uh, for the question. And uh, 
I'm glad that question was better. I mean, I shouldn't say it with King Mabel, it would have been bad, but you know. I, I showed Brittany all the King Mabel stuff when we first got her. It's like, oh, Mabel, like the wrestler. He's like, oh, well, is Mabel pretty? I'm like, oh, just so we wait and see. <laughs> and just for the fuck of it, we're going to add Grizzly Redwood is like Mabel's handler. Yeah. Like, like Grizzly will come out with like Mabel on her shoulders and stuff like that. Kind of like as the mascot and the caretaker. Yep. There we go. Man, we're just cashing these fucking $5,000 checks like they're going out of style, Will. Well, we're not done there because our good friend SJ, fresh off her trip to GCW, wants to know if Ring of Honor had an animated cartoon series, what wrestlers do you think would make great characters in it? Now, are we talking like Bugs Bunny cartoons, like family friendly? I mean, it's, it's open to interpretation. I mean, you know, it could be, could be an anime. You know, like Jushin Thunder Liger, wink, wink, foreshadowing. It could be, uh, could be a. Uh, wait, there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of like New Japan anime shows that have like Lij and Chaos and like all that stuff in it. Well, I meant the the foreshadowing part. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, maybe. You know, maybe. Maybe. Maybe that's a little. Maybe it's a little tip of the hand for something later. All right. Fair enough. But, um. So I'll start off with not a, a Ring of Honor specific cartoon, but I think um, there, there was a series where Scooby Doo met a bunch of celebrities. Some real, some fictitious, but it was like Scooby Doo meets Don Knotts, Scooby Doo meets Batman and Robin. Which is Thank funny because the guy who voiced Robin also voiced Shaggy. <laughs> Wait, really? Oh, and yeah. Casey Kasem. Wait, Casey Kasem was Robin? And yeah. And Shaggy? And Shaggy. Shut the fuck up, really? Yeah. Mer not American Band. American Top 40, Casey Kasem was Shaggy? Yeah. Holy fuck. I'm pretty positive. I'm going to have to fact check this now, but I'm pretty positive. You just blew my fucking mind, Will. Um, wow. All right. Fair enough. Um, Casey Kasem is the voice of Shaggy Rogers from 1969 to 1997. Oh, and again, from 2002 to 2009. Wait, so he did it for almost 50 years, the five-year break? Yeah. Wow. Probably because there was no Scooby-Doo in that time. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. So, I think Scooby-Doo, you know, in the in the line of Scooby-Doo meeting Harlem Globetrotters and Batman and Robin, uh, Scooby-Doo and the gang meet the Briscoe brothers. <laughs> Jay, that's talking dog, man. How come we're hard dog talk? <laughs> oh. I'm like, gee, Scoob, it's the Briscoe Brothers. Uh, that's another $5,000 idea. Um, 
like legit. We're, we're raking in the dough at the end of the year. We're we're ending on a high note here. Oh, I wish I knew technology. I it means Jay and Mark. Oh my, that's fucking brilliant, Will. Oh my god. The other thing that came to mind when I read SJ's question was imagining like a like a peanuts animated style cartoon where they all have like the big head and like the kind of like the smaller bodies. Yeah. See like a little like a little truth martini running around going like Arrgh! I mean truth martini is just I mean you know he is... he's already kind of a cartoon character. Yeah, that was the first person that came to mind. All right, I'm gonna kind of go with your theory here. But I'm gonna go an adult Bugs Bunny. And okay, are you thinking like a like a like a Ring of Honor Space Jam? No, like old school Bugs Bunny. So I was gonna do Wiley Coyote, Elmer Fudd, and Bugs Bunny. So Elmer Fudd. I think Nigel McGuinness would make a great Elmer Fudd with the accent. And how Elmer talks would be fucking comedic gold. Wiley Coyote is once again totally gotta be. I mean, I'm gonna go with Matt Taven again. I don't know why I got Matt Taven on the brain this week. No, I don't like Matt Taven as Wiley Coyote. Adam Cole, however, is definitely Bugs Bunny. Would 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 Wiley Coyote be Eddie Edwards because he's soaring and scoring? And Wiley Coyote doesn't talk, right? There no. you go. Thank goodness. Yep, we got we got Nigel McGuinness as Elmer Fudd, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> Eddie Edwards is Wiley Coyote, and then uh, yeah, Adam Cole, baby. As a no, Nigel coming out. Nigel McGuinness coming out of the woods like, you wascally wabbit. Yeah. I got you. Oh, if someone could draw us some, you know, uh, the Briscoes meeting Scooby-Doo. Oh, that's fucking Tom, I'm, I'm not going to I wish I had all sorts of artistic stuff. Did you see the thing I shared where somebody made the ultimate warrior figure into Cobra Sun from Do a Powerbomb? No. That's on the Facebook and the Insta. I think I sent it to your Instagram, maybe. But if not, I can send it to you again. Somebody took an Ultimate Warrior action figure and, like, painted it and put stuff up on it and made it a Cobra Sun action figure. Instagram, do I? I let, let, me, let me look back and see if I sent it to you. Oh, maybe I didn't. What a what a travesty that was. I thought I did. Aw, there's a picture of Bar and his wife on the Instagram. Oh, they're so cute. Congrats again, my friend, former guest, and personal friend of uh, Will and High Five Tom. Uh, David Bauerhausen uh, recently got married, so that's a really pretty picture. Oh, yeah, he did. Aww. So if you're on the Insta, hold on. I'll send this to you right now. Wait, Will sent an attachment. Oh, no, best finishing the print. Oh, yeah. I, I haven't sent you anything in a while because you, you uh, you're not super I'm active on the Insta. And by active, I mean not at all. I, I think I sent it to the right one. I sent it to the, the high5tom.com. Yep. 
The Sonic Cult. Wow. Let's see here. Wow. So, for those of you who know, big Daniel Warren Johnson fan, huge fan of Duo Powerbomb. Check out, it's on Instagram. This guy's screen name is Sonic Cobra. S-O-N-I-C-O-B-R-A. And he does a lot of action figure stuff. And he took an Ultimate Warrior. Uh, it's a PCS Ultimate Warrior. That's fucking and then dope. They, they sculpted and painted stuff to turn him into Cobra Sun from the Duo Powerbomb comic. Yeah, that's really fucking dope. Well, Sonic Cobra, you got a new follow? Will I've you? got I've got serious like artistic envy. You know what I mean? Like, damn! If only I had applied myself when I was younger. Well, you're still young, Will. I mean, it's never too no, late. I'm, I'm not feeling young. I'm feeling like uh, you know, eight o'clock bedtimes and uh, yeah, stuff like that. I'm I'm not Tony old, but I'm getting there. Nah, until they put you in the grave, so. Yeah, that's really cool. And well, thank you for sharing that. So, um, yeah, we gotta start getting some, we gotta start getting some Ring of Honor revelry art here. So we'll we'll talk. I, I owe uh, in Darkest Days some stickers. So hopefully, I get those out. So if you're listening, buddy, I will get them to you. I swear. Um, but yeah, thank you, everybody. Um, like I said, make sure you're following Rob over. And I know we have not forgotten our our final question of dishonor. There, there is one more question. There is one. But I don't want to forget our shout-outs here real quick. No, I didn't forget you, Brandon, um, like I did a couple weeks ago. Uh, but obviously, shout-out to Rob at UTT Rob. Make sure you're following and give their show a listen. Him and Dan do a great job um, over there. And, uh, you know, it, it's always a good time. And then uh, make sure you're following Freeds. Hopefully, we get some more nattering with E. Uh, hopefully, we'll be on there sometime soon. But I will be on there. With e a- underscore Freeds, right? Yep. Nattering with E. Um, but I will be on nattering there. With e? Definitely do a follow up now that I've got it. My Blu ray player and Will's hit me to some more information about the Punisher. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, and obviously, shout out to SJ at, at Carnival of Chaos with K's. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully, we can <clears throat> hire SJ to, to run our social media for her because us, because she's way better at it than we are. Uh, but I hope you get a good right. time. She, she got a care package in the hands of Steph Delander. Yeah. I almost had some Ring of Honor Rover stickers, but I didn't get them out in time, and she still hasn't gotten them, so yeah, maybe I should have sent them like two months ago, and I said I was going to. But yeah, uh, shout out to SJ, and uh, listen, yeah, make sure, you know, um, even though Will didn't send any fan cop moments, but, you know, send us our questions of Dishonor. Listen, we're, we're not kidding here. We love everybody, you know. Yeah, so Follow everybody. Join join the Wizards Discord. We're, we're all, well, I'm not super active in the Discord. I, I have spurts. But SJ, Freeds, Tom, very active in the Discord. Brundon as well. Um, I'm going to check on my cat here real quick, but you want to read Brundon's question while I, while I do that real quick, Will? I'm going to filibuster for time and play sound again. There we go. All right, I'm back. Queen was being being queenie. All right, Brandon. So Brandon wants to know 
uh, top five House of Torture. Oh my God, what's playing now? I don't know what's happening. I can't make it stop. So we just keep rolling on. Edit. <laughs> Is that uh, Sebastian Maniscalco on Netflix or something? I know that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a tour. The It Ain't Right tour. Yeah. That's funny. I saw that ad myself. So. All right. That's not so the question. Brendan wants to know who is our all-time Japanese wrestler in your favorite Japanese match of all time. Hmm. And you raise an interesting question, right? You know, you brought up Jeff Cobb. You yep. could also bring up a Zack Sabre Jr. where you could say that the, the biggest locales for their rise in fame and popularity is just Japan. Japanese pro wrestling. Or it could be uh, the House of Torture. And then uh, Brendan's response, which I do need to get this on recording. Because he thought about Bob Sapp. Bob Sapp. As a, I think it was supposed to be as, as a joke, but his favorite match is he's got a date, time, and everything. He's got Masawa versus Kobashi from Noah, March 1st, 2003. An absolute masterpiece of a match. He says, What a story leading up to and during. Everybody needs to see this match. Potential watch along movie. Yeah, I have not. Have you seen said match? Oh, absolutely! I've n- I haven't seen anything from Noah ever. Okay. Other than other than clips from like Ninja Mac being over there recently. That's right, Ninja Mac. I love Ninja Mac. I can't believe I spaced on fucking meeting him at Warrior Wrestling. I'm so fucking stupid. Um. But then his response: uh, My favorite wrestlers are a three-way tie: uh, Show, Evil, and Dick Togo. Um. Who? Dick Togo. There, there you go. Almost got uh almost got Brunny kicked out of uh Ring of Honor Revelry. Just kidding. Um it's very well known that Tom hates the house of fucking torture. I recently went on another rant on good cop, bad cop for about forty eight seconds about fucking house of torture. But his real answer though, Will, is Marafuji. So smooth in the ring. Always has great matches, and it was fun in Ring of Honor to use him. And he says people should seek out highlights of him from Noah. How much goddamn wrestling out there? Um, do you want Do you want me to go next, or do you want to go next? You know, I've been thinking about this all fucking day. Because um, I'm trying to stay true to the question. I mean, if anybody knows me, obviously, two of, literally, like you mentioned, two of my favorite wrestlers today, period, and maybe even wrestlers of all time are currently wrestling in New Japan Pro Wrestling, but they are definitely not Japanese. Although Jeff Cobb, actually, they're both from islands. Like so Jeff Cobb, and who's the other one? Are you are you saying ZSJ? Yeah, uh, that's not my answer though. I'm gonna try and think 
actual Japanese wrestlers. Um, I mean, Jeff Cobb's, yeah, top five favorite all time for me right now. Maybe top three. All time. All time. I love me the Jeff Cobb. Um, I really, this is not my answer, but someone that really kind of drew me in initially to Japanese wrestler New Japan Pro Wrestling for some reason was Naito. He's just so, you know, he's just such a fucking character. Did you say Naito? Yeah. Um, Before I was really aware of New Japan Pro Wrestling, I knew the the eye thing, the uh, the Destino. Yeah. Like, um, these are not my answers, by the way. I'm still pondering, so. I, I would say kind of in a similar vein, like when I first started watching wrestling, um, Tajiri was on SmackDown in a very prominent space, and he was a prominently featured talent. So that would be my my first exposure to Japanese wrestling. I would say he's not my favorite of all time, just because he's never really inspired me to go back and see more of his stuff. I just really liked all the stuff that I saw from him. And he had a match recently with Joey Janela, and they did a bit with the mist and the sunglasses, and it was great. Yeah, fucking Tajiri. I mean, uh, before SmackDown, too. I mean, yeah, you tracked on those Tajiri and fucking super crazy matches in ECW. Goddamn, pal. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, but you actually, so you do have a favorite wrestler, though, right? So, yeah, I'm, I'm not really up for the product since the. The end of the last best of Super Juniors. I canceled my my New Japan World because I was heartbroken, bitter. Um, so I will say my favorite my favorite Japanese match. Um, Takahashi El Desperado, the one where he like rips his mask off. Oh wow! Uh, I don't remember the exact date, but I know everybody knows what match I'm talking about. Yeah, it went it went hard. That match went. Hard that like heavyweight feel to it. Um, I mean, all my favorite Japanese wrestlers though are are the are the Super Juniors. Yeah, I mean, I would say if anything got me interested in the Japanese wrestling, it was mostly knowing the Super Junior wrestling, like knowing that like Ultimo Dragon came from that kind of from that style. Yeah. Stuff I'd see on like commercials or like the great Sasuke from that style, and then you actually go in there and you see like, um, oh, why am I blanking on his name all of a sudden? Bone Soldier, Tajiri, um, Ishimori, like they're so good. But I'm gonna I'm gonna tip my hand, and again, I'll blame this on on Daniel Warren Johnson because a lot of Stuff that came out of Do a Powerbomb was because of a match that he watched from WCW. Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Okay. And uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, I mean, I've got tons of Liger shirts. I've got my Grumatch brand merchandise with the, the Kenshin Liger and the Jushin Liger 
mock-ups. And it's the only, as it's been stated, I don't go back and watch stuff. I don't go back and watch tape. That's why I'd be a terrible wrestling student. Mm. But I have gone back to watch older stuff. And uh, my my plan, because I, I kind of went through, I'm like, you know what? I mean, think about this. It's like my favorite Japanese wrestler. It's it's hard not, not to go to him, right? Because it's like iconic. The mask, the, the TV shows, the comic books, the... Because it's like Tiger Mask, where it's like, a, this is a character that we're going to have somebody portray on TV. But... Yeah. I mean, internationally iconic. Every, everybody knows Jushin Liger. Yeah, I mean, you, well, you so have- I've got uh, I've got the YouTube queued up to uh to go back and watch some some Jushin Liger matches. After this first one up is uh aforementioned Ultimo Dragon and Jushin Liger from a WCW event. Let me we got Nitro from December thirtieth, nineteen ninety six. Wow, but. I am cruiserweight wrestling is my favorite wrestling. Yeah. So like to know that WCW had like all those cruiserweights and that ECW had those those cruiserweight matches like that's that's my bread and butter for what got me into wrestling. And decently featured too. Yeah, you didn't get that as much in the WWE until I mean, around the time that I was watching, when they first brought the cruiserweight belt into the WWE, like cruiserweights were a big deal. I mean, Tajiri, Jamie Noble, Rey Mysterio. I mean, then all the stuff like Matt Hardy did, Hurricane, and then into Gregory Helms, Billy yeah. Kidman. Yeah, I mean, this year's best, I mean, like we've talked about previously, you know, this year's best of the Super Juniors really what kind of got me back into to New Japan Pro Wrestling in general. Uh, you know, and I'm actually in the middle of Junior Tag League right now. I know it ended like a month and a half ago, but... Um, Are um, all those shows like six hours long, too? No, they're actually really quick. Sons of bitches. Um, yeah, these have all been under three hours. And uh, and I and I watch it uh, two times the speed too, but there it's it's been weird now with this new format. They don't release them in English right away, and it's tough because I have to watch them while I'm working. Um, so commentary for me is rather important. Um, as I know that's something I need to get over. <clears throat> so I did watch <clears throat> for my good friend Azar, former guest of the show. I recommended uh. A G one match between Shibata and Ishii, and obviously that was all Japanese commentary. Um, just eleven minutes of a masterclass, um, for sure. But um, so who is your all time favorite Japanese wrestler? Is it Liger? I think I think I'd have to give it to it as a tie between Tajiri and Liger. Okay. Because Tajiri's the one who piqued the interest when I first got into wrestling.
Yeah, and for me, that guy was the great Muda. You know, you know, it's kind of like my my generation's the jury, so. Um, my match, I still to this day, it's the first non-WWE match I saw when I got back into wrestling. It was my first Japanese wrestling match I ever saw. Um, to this day, I, I, I haven't watched it in a couple months, but I need to rewatch. Uh, but it was the best of Super Junior Final 2015 of Kyle O'Reilly versus Koshida. I ain't never seen no shit like that before when I watched that match. That, that was a game changer for me. Obviously, Kyle O'Reilly is definitely not very Japanese. Um, but that match to this day was was a, was a sheer game changer for me. And he's only, you know, 18 months away from the match and what we're watching now. Um, favorite all time? Man, that's tough. Um... Someone you mentioned earlier is definitely on the list, though, is uh, Ishimori, after, especially after his Ring of Honor appearances. I kind of dug in some more Ishimori. Um, you know, Naito is a big character, but, I mean, it's tough to not say. I mean, we're watching greatness right now in Okada. Um, but my favorite all-time list, it might be, you know, the the next in line from Jushin Thunder Liger, ironically enough, was uh, Mr. Koshida. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less.
What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast... Or playing in punk bands. Or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums. Then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. All right, high fibers, and make sure you're following all those great girls here on the Shining Wizards Wrestling or Shining Wizards Podcast Network. But Will, uh, and thanks again, uh, Brendan, obviously, uh, for the great question of dishonor. Um, you know, I think we are all kind of Japanese wrestling marks. We kind of do appreciate that style, and obviously, the Ring of Honor was very big. You know, in bringing stars in. Um, obviously, we watched that Samoa Joe and Kobashi match. Um, it was cool seeing Ishimori this year. Um, shit. Well, we gotta we gotta work on our year end awards coming up here in a couple weeks because we're going to 2014. And just a reminder, Brendan is at Irish Misfit. I I cut out internet, you know, first world problems. So I don't know if you put that over already or not, but Brendan is at Irish Misfit. Questions for us every week. He does notes for the Shining Wizards. He does their Patreon extra episodes. He's in the Discord. Join the Discord group. It's free. We talk about whatever we want. Yeah. You hear Tom rant about fucking House of Torture on the Discord, so... Um, yeah, Tom's favorite New Japan stable. It's the worst stable of all time, Will. All time. Of all time. Of all time. All time? Yeah. All time. Well, we were we were talking earlier. We were talking pre-production. You asked me what's worse, House of Truth or House of Torture, but I would what, take what's HOT. <laughs> yeah, I would take the House of Truth any day, and I hate House of Truth. I'll have to do some digging. There's got to be somebody worse. You know, although this recent iteration of House of Truth with just Taven and the Hotties, not as bad. I mean, Taven's been on a roll, but. Um, but, Will, we do have a little bit of TV to go over with here. Uh, Ring of Honor TV, episode 117, original air date, December 14th, 2013. Um, Will, got any comments here real quick before we dive into the 
the TV episode, which is basically just a recap of... Uh, I was going to say, if people are watching along with what we've covered so far, you've already seen all this. Yes. Because this is the back half of that show where we we, we, bid, we bid adieu. For, uh, Pursuit Night 2, back in Columbus, Ohio. Um, as I will have mentioned, we did, uh, we did review this show, but in happenstance, this could be your first episode of Ring of Honor ever, ever. So we will, we will do our due diligence here, um, you know, on this TV episode. Because honestly, I mean, as a standalone, the action in the ring was awesome. Um, but it kind of sucked because oh, yeah. they, they kind of cut out some of the important parts. But we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, we got listed uh, Kevin Kelly and uh, Steve Carino uh, on the call. You know, the first match was uh, Milwaukee's own uh, personal friend of Ring of Honor Revelry, Silas Young, uh, versus a very freshly shaved Darius Thomas. You know, and uh, like we talked about earlier when we first reviewed this match, you know, Styles make fights, and uh, this is really uh, the epitome of that. You know, Steve Carino still thinks that Darius Thomas is uh, practices capping your ass karate, but uh, that is not correct. Um you know, and to, what do you think it's Darius Thomas and the bald head? It's a nice move. Yeah. On his part. Um, you know, it makes him look vicious, and he seems a bit more confident um, in the ring. Uh, and we did find out uh, that we'll be covering next week, uh, Adrenaline Rush versus the Young Bucks final battle. And uh, we will be getting Silas Young and Mark and, and Mark Briscoe, the National Treasure, in a strap match. Um Hopefully, we also get Mark and Jay Briscoe uh, hanging out with Scooby-Doo uh, sometimes. That's fucking rules, by the way. Well done, by the way, Will. Um, right, we're going to be thinking about that one for a while. Yeah, that, that's 100% true. So, um, But yeah, and Karina says, um, Silas made Milwaukee famous. Um, he's definitely negating Schlitz beer in the Crusher. And uh, I guess recently, Silas beat up Brian Braun and Carlos Gomez. I uh, shot to Carlos Gomez, one of my personal favorite brewers of all time. Uh, but in the end, uh, you know, um, Sedaris goes for a roll-up, uh, but he misses and kind of ends up on his back, or, uh, in a fetal position, and Silas kicks the shit out of him right in the fucking head. I missed it the first time. Uh, but then Silas hits misery on Sedaris for the win, um, and Silas got some momentum going to the strap match. Um, you know, great match, great back and forth, um, a lot of good counters, and uh, they didn't show us on TV. But Silas actually gave Tadarius a legitimate quote of honor, which I think might be the first time we've seen him do that. Um, maybe. And, and it's been a while because that's been like the thing, right? Is that he hasn't been shaking anybody's hand. And during the match, he like slaps him and says that you're not a real man. I'm a real man. You know, so maybe we see a little bit of a heel turn from Tadarius, which would be fun. So, um, will any additional thoughts? Yeah. When you got to freshen something up, what do you do? Turn him heel. Yeah. Um, any first thoughts on a, on a rewatch of this match? Nope. Um, next, we've got an approving ground match. We've got ACH, uh, the other half of Adrenaline Rush versus Adam Cole. Um, somehow I missed Steve Carino standing up and applauding very, very loud on commentary. It was it was so funny listening to it on double speed because it was like. Yeah, I'm, but I'm not the only one for that. So, um, and he's like, Adam, Adam. <laughs> he, he is hamming it up. Um, but his uh, bright yellow suit. Yeah, 
You know, great chance for both these two to show what they can do. Uh, boy, they really did. You know, like I mentioned earlier, styles make fights. And, you know, Cole and, and ACH wrestle a somewhat similar style, kind of. Um, but, yeah, these two look fucking great. You know, you, I mean, you kind of forget, at the, you know, with all... Obviously, Adam Cole is a lot of personality, but at the end of the day, the guy can fucking go. He really can. Um, you know, I really like Adam Cole working the knee, and then obviously Carino talking about, you know, how Tully Blanchard always told him if you see someone's knee wrapped up like that, you know, go for it. Um, you know, if you don't want someone going after it, don't show it. Um, but that does kind of bite him back in the pin because he does try to cinch in a pin earlier. Uh, we get a very close near fall in the end. Uh, but in the end, we get a super kick and a figure four, and obviously ACH taps out right away. Uh, great storytelling showing off that uh, ring IQ. Yeah, Adam Cole looked really smart in this one. So, um, no real addition. Yeah, I and, uh, you, but... On commentary, Carino, um, you know, Kevin Kelly kind of grills Carino about how much is Carino involved with this new Adam Cole. How much of that is in Carino's? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Carino also spoils that next week's Ring of Honor TV is probably just going to be his 43-minute uncut uh, interview about Adam Cole. And he said he, he could have gone longer just singing the praises of Adam Cole. I uh, I did not catch that the first time. And then after... I didn't either, but this is also the match where they talked about needing to go to a commercial break. Yeah. I was like, no, not yet. And then... um. Yeah, and then later on in the episode, we do find out officially, like Will had just mentioned, uh, next week is a full Adam Cole retrospective, so it'll be interesting for our, our guest coming up, Mr. Ant Money. Uh, but our main event, Will, is uh, the Redragon versus CNC Russell Factory. Um, you know, I still like how Caprice's eyes still dotted from uh, the night before when he got punched by Kyle O'Reilly, because uh, the night before, if people don't remember... Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Caprice uh, wrestled in a match, and then Cedric and Bobby Fish. No, sorry, it was Bobby Fish and Caprice, the two older men, and then Kyle O'Reilly and Cedric, which I hope we see many, many more times. Um, but CNC starts out hot. They, you know, they jump uh, Redragon before getting in the ring. Uh, they ain't waiting for this match. Um, I thought that was awesome. Uh, Caprice Coleman, really, people forget how strong that motherfucker is. I mean, he had those three suplexes, and then he got um, Kyle O'Reilly, and he grabs Bobby Fish for the fourth one. thought that was awesome. Uh, lots of fun near falls, great teamwork. Uh, you know, that's, I, I always love the blind tag where your opponent doesn't realize that you've been tagged in. Uh, great stuff there. And, um, yeah, I really liked at one point they were trying to go off top, or Bobby Fish trying to go off top rope for that elbow. <laughs> Uh, well, with a prone Chris uh, Coleman, but Coleman kept taking a powder. Uh, I really like that. Uh, but yeah, in the end, Chris uh, or uh, Cedric Alexander goes for overtime. Uh, goes from that frog splash from the middle of fucking nowhere. Uh, but Kyle O'Reilly gets knees up and uh, chasing Dragon later, and Red Dragon retains. Um, and that's how they end the episode. Um, which I thought was kind of weird, Will, especially considering what they were hyping up. Uh, so if this is your first time watching Nirvana Revelry and you didn't hear our previous episode, um, I guess we won't spoil it, right? Because then it might come up. No? It might come up in a, in a future episode. 
Okay. So, so you can go back. You can listen to last week's if you want to, or no, two weeks ago. Yeah. Right? If you want to know. Um, otherwise, you'll find out in, uh, well, next week is um, the Adam Cole special. Yeah. And then if we're to follow the typical Ring of Honor trajectory, we're going to get some road rage. We're going to get some matches from, uh, oh, shit, what is it? What's final battle, right? Yeah. And they've got TV taping in Nashville on June fr- or on January 5th, so hopefully we get some first stuff. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we will we will not spoil that in cases, you know, but, uh, yeah, Caprice gets on, on the mic afterwards, and, you know, you'll just have to, to wait to find out what happens there, so. Uh, right, the crux of the story put over on commentary is that it's it's opportunities. We just saw the proving ground match where ACH missed out on an opportunity for the world title, but you know it's still a title. He could potentially challenge for it at a later time. Yeah, the argument here being Caprice and Cedric have had a lot of opportunities. Granted, none of them have really ever been like one-on-one opportunities. That's bullshit. Um, um, so kind of where do they go from here if they don't win? And said, if you've been listening along, you know, if you're new, um, and you want to know, go back and listen to those, watch, uh, what was it? Pursuit night two, right? Yep. From Columbus, Ohio. Um, you'll find out because otherwise we might not even be talking about that until January. Depending yeah. on how they they put together TV for the rest of the month, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, and January is only two weeks away. Yeah. So, but I mean, these matches were taped at the beginning of November, so they did a decent. I mean, they they definitely strung them out a little bit. Um, but we'll real quick here before we pull a train in the station here. Um, what did you think overall of this episode? Personally, I was a tad disappointed. Like last week, I talked about yes, it was a "quote unquote" road rage episode, but I thought they did a good job of kind of filling in the gaps a little bit and telling some stories towards final battle. So I think this TV episode is technically intended to air after final battle, so maybe that's why they didn't do it that way. Um, what were your thoughts? I mean, I think it's par for the course of what we've seen so far. But as, as we've indicated, there's kind of a big story beat following the main event uh, um, of this episode that they don't give. Yeah. And it's like, this this is kind of lacking on the story side heading into the final battle. Yeah, because I think technically, as like said, they, were, they were watching, the fans are watching in, in real time, I think this dropped the same day as Final Battle, so maybe that's why. I, I don't know. Um, but I'm excited for next week. You know, obviously, we've got our guests, but we've got some good matches. You know, so we've got Adrenaline Rush versus, you know, for uh, versus the Young Bucks. Gets good to see the Young Bucks back in action. Obviously, we've got the main event of Adam Cole, Jay Briscoe, and Michael Elgin. Um, we got Kevin Steen and Michael Bennett. Uh, we got Silas and Mark in a strap match, so... Um, I'm sure there'll be a couple other matches in here to fill in. Oh, I'm sorry. Tommaso Ciampa versus Matt Taven for the TV title. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. So, um, yeah, so kind of kind of a short review here. Sorry, high fivers. But the uh, simple fact is, you know, Will and I just went over all this a couple of weeks ago. Um, there was not really anything new, you know, on, on this TV episode. I tried to do the best I could. Uh, the action was great. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, if this is my first time watching Ring of Honor, 
And I just saw the action. You know, I'm, I'm the quote unquote work rate guy. The three matches were great, especially the main event. Um, you know, but we did kind of miss the general crux of the event. But uh, will uh, anything else you got to put over here, my friend, before uh, we pull this train into the proverbial station? So I can go just the time. usual stuff. Thank you to Visionaries Global Media for hosting us. Thank you for the Shining Wizards Network for picking us up. Tom, thank you for doing all the work. Thank you to our wives for supporting us in this endeavor, maybe listening here and there. I know I know. Brittany gets people at work to listen, and I'm like, why? Nice. <laughs> huh. So do uh, well... Her coworkers needs to start sending in some uh, questions and design right here. Then, I mean, they they did pull up the Twitter once and they said that uh, we're kind of sparse in the content. So going into the new year, that's something that uh, we got to be a little more more proactive on. Yeah, I think I might get rid of the Facebook profile and actually just do a Facebook group for Gavana Revelry. Um, I haven't checked that profile in a while. I may have gotten a group, or, a group or a page or something. I've got a, I've got a, I've got credentials still, so I get. I've been getting a lot of notifications for uh, a show on the Wizards Network that I used to be a part of, and I keep clicking on it and it keeps switching profiles on me. It's like I don't want to interact with this as the page. Yeah, um, you know, maybe we'll hire a, you know SJ to, to run our our social media for us, so. Um, but will I? I mean, obviously, a big thank you to you. Um, obviously, a big shout out to my better half uh, for sure, and all the high fivers. Uh, it was great to be back on Good Cop, Bad Cop. It was good to, you know, glad to be on Visionaries Globe Media. I'm still shocked that uh, the Shining Wizards reached out to us to join their network. We are definitely honored. And shout out to my cats, Chico and Smokus. It's been a a little bit of a tumultuous week with those two, but they're looking feeling better. So, um, but will I think that's all I really got at this point? So. But uh, make sure you tune in next week. You'll see we've got a big episode. Um, last year's final battle was by far, Will, actually I wouldn't say by far, but was Will and I's longest episode. I think it was two hours and 45 minutes, I think. Um, with Ant Money on here, I'm sure we'll probably be pretty close to that. So uh, make sure you rest up and, you know, maybe you want to listen to that episode at two times the speed like I listen to all my podcasts. But I'm going to quit rambling. But Will, I appreciate you, my friend. Um, we'll talk to everybody next week. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media. Envisioning excellence on a global scale.